Do you know what time it is? It's that time again with Cindy Gern, who has the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome to Your Future in Tech. I am your host, Charles Britt. This show provides teens and young adults with a unique opportunity to hear directly from industry professionals and corporate representatives about emerging technologies and how to launch a successful career in these high-demand technology fields. During today's show, we'll put a spotlight on another one of 2019's top emerging technologies, cybersecurity. According to Global Data, a leading data and analytics company, cybersecurity is the most emerging, most important emerging technology for businesses globally. Cybersecurity involves preventing, detecting, and responding to cyber attacks that can have wide-ranging effects on the individual organizations, the community, and at the national level. Cyber attacks are malicious attempts to either access or damage a computer system and can lead to loss of money, theft of personal information, and damage to your reputation and safety. As the cyber threat landscape continues to grow and emerging threats, such as the Internet of Things, require both hardware and software skills, it is estimated, according to ISC Square, that there are approximately 3 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs worldwide. I am very happy to have with me today Mr. Casey O'Brien, Executive Director of the National CyberWatch Center based in Largo, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C., Casey is the executive director and principal investigator of the National Cyber Watch Center, a cybersecurity education and research consortium focused on advancing cybersecurity education and strengthening the national cybersecurity workforce. Casey has more than 20 years of experience in information security and large-scale IT implementation and project management in challenging and cutting-edge computing environments that include both the public and private sectors. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to have you with me today on such a very, very important topic. You can't turn on the news today and at some point not hear about the word cybersecurity. So I gave at the beginning of the show a very formal definition of cybersecurity. For our audience, could you put into simple terms how you would define cybersecurity? I think your definition is good. Cybersecurity is a somewhat meaningless term insofar as it comprises a lot of different subspecialties. So it includes areas like um, legal aspects, um, policy, um, threats, which are always very exciting. You know, how are the Russians um, compromising email systems of the Democratic National Committee? Mm -hmm. And um, what are vulnerabilities in systems that allow a bad actor to take advantage of that to compromise that system? It includes physical security, right? So I, in order to get into this facility, I had to ring a buzzer. Somebody had to let me in. Physical security could include guards and, and other sorts of um, protections, um, so to, to, you know, to safeguard an organization, for example, it includes things like identity and access management. So um, things like, you know, passwords, right, used to verify, mm -hmm. you know, you are who you say you are mm -hmm. um, or access to certain um, information. 
Um, that's all part of a, the larger subspecialty of cybersecurity um, called identity and access management. It includes secure engineering. You know, so how do we create secure systems, right? So um, I personally like the term information security better because it's mm -hmm. a little more specific, but terminology changes and cybersecurity is the term du jour, so be it. Exactly. I agree with you. I do. I prefer information security as well. But when you go talk to kids and youth, you better say cyber because, you know, that's the real word out there is cybersecurity. And I like the fact that you mentioned that it is a it encompasses a lot. It's not just what most people think is just hacking. People think of the word cybersecurity and they think of the hack of the DNC or the hack of Bank of America and some of these companies, but it encompasses a broad range of jobs, roles across many organizations. So when, you, when I say across many organizations, where and who is using this technology? Who's implementing cybersecurity and what are they implementing it for? The, the cool thing about cybersecurity is that it's, it cuts across all uh, verticals and sectors. So what does that mean? It, it means essentially you have cybersecurity in virtually any any business, right? So it doesn't matter if they uh, if they treat water, if they're a water treatment facility, or if they're um, concerned with the creation and distribution of electricity, or it's a retail organization, right? And they want to have security measures in place. So when you go to check out and you swipe your card at the point of sale system, you know, that the information yes. stored is secure. So, you know, it cuts a across a range um, of, of organizations, almost every organization, right, implements some sort of technological cybersecurity measure like securing data at rest. Um, so, you know, you might, if you're the IRS and you're collecting very sensitive information, mm -hmm. tax information, right, financial information, um, sensitive, personally identifiable information, you need to have technologies in place that allow you as the IRS to secure that data when it's being stored on computers versus mm -hmm. I need to be able to use technologies to secure the data when it's in transit. So when I'm on a website and I want to buy something mm -hmm. and I type in my credit card information and I click purchase, that yes. information is going to get sent from my system to another system somewhere. And so while that information is traveling across various computer networks and systems, we want to make sure that that information is secured, right? Um, a big part of the security industry is focused on endpoint security. So this is, I'm a user at a company, I have a desktop computer, mm -hmm. that's an endpoint. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a, a big part of the of the cybersecurity, if you will, kind of vendor space or the companies that provide solutions focus on and securing the endpoint. Um, but it also includes things like I mentioned, control a access control to facilities, things like um, scanning email attachments, right? You know, you send me an email attachment with the, this, the, the types of questions we were going to discuss on yes. this podcast right ahead of time. And that came to me as an email attachment. S there are security technologies that will be able to look into that email attachment and make sure that it's not carrying malicious software that once I open that email mm -hmm. attachment to mm -hmm. look at what I think are the interview questions, <laughs> in fact, it installs software on my computer that's going to look to capture, say, every keystroke I type, exactly. send it back to the bad actor. So that, that's, I think, a range. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a huge range. And seeing that you are the executive director of a national consortium of groups, where do you see the fastest growth and in innovation in cybersecurity happening in the nation geographically? Where is this happening? I mean, is D.C. the hotspot? We know this is a hotspot for government, but what's happening nationally? Where do you see where folks are really driving this industry and bringing new technologies to the forefront? Definitely in D.C., uh, I, I mean, I think D.C., the metropolitan D.C. area, to include Northern Virginia and Baltimore, is really has been for a long time the seat of or the heart of information or cybersecurity, primarily because of, you know, the nature of the work that's mm. done in this area, right? Okay. You have federal government, you have intelligence agencies like the National Security Agency. You mentioned hacking and, yes. you know, hacking is very sexy and fun, and, <laughs> right? And, 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 and <laughs> right. it piques people's curiosity. It does, it does, well, the, yes. the, 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 the folks that are allowed to do hacking for the United States government happen to be in Maryland, Fort Meade. It's a national security mm. agency, right? Mm. So you have law enforcement agencies, FBI, you have state police, and then, of course, you have all of the the businesses that provide contract support to the federal agencies mm -hmm. themselves. So these tend to be, you think of companies that traditionally were in the military defense space like Lockheed Martin, Northrop mm -hmm. Grumman, Raytheon. They all now have huge cybersecurity um, lines of business, if you will, meaning they, they do big business in the space. So wow. certainly D.C., um, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Bay Area, just mm -hmm. because of the nature of Silicon Valley being really kind of an entrepreneurial hub, mm -hmm. right? Large multinational software companies, um, Oracle, Facebook, right? Um, so and then other areas, Chicago, New York City, San Antonio. So large urban areas generally mm -hmm. are the geographic hubs yes there's a great site it's cyber c-y-b-e-r seek s-e-e-k dot o-r-g that shows we can talk about this later too shows sure, sure. job openings by geographic location wow. and you okay. can kind of you know and i i think the data kind of bears out what i'm saying in terms of geography and where these jobs are where they are yeah, yeah. in terms of the fastest growth in innovation um, so artificial intelligence is a really hot topic <laughs> right now. And, and I do think, um, generally speaking, that as a field, AI has over-promised and under-delivered for a lot of years. But as it relates to cybersecurity, I think it, it's, it, it is going to show tremendous promise insofar as we can, you know, we can take gobs and gobs of data, information, blogs, um, um, threat reports about what bad actors in some state-sponsored organization are doing to try to hack into our government or uh, some or some company, mm -hmm. right? Um, websites, right? Reports written, and you can feed all of this, but you can also feed into a computer um, log file. So every time you connect to a system, an entry gets put in a log file. And, and that has valuable information in it that can be used to do things like troubleshoot problems, maybe do some forensics analysis of some sort of incident after the fact. So you feed all of this information into a, a computer system or computer systems, right? And computers are really good at ripping through lots and mm -hmm. lots of information and looking for patterns. And that's that's, I think, what the promise of AI can provide in cybersecurity, right? So it can help the analyst, yeah. right? The analyst's job is to, amongst other things, try to determine if, say, um, some sort of an attack's been carried out. And so by using automated tools, um, 
the likes of AI along with the experience of an analyst together, I think is really going to help kind of level the playing field. So it gives the analysts or the, or the defenders, yes. you know, a leg up to try to defend their systems against the attackers. Wow. And that's interesting because another topic that I'll be covering later on in the podcast is going to be artificial intelligence. So I'm sure that's going to come up and how that's being used uh, across the industry and in different ways. So I, let's change the, change the uh, sort of the path of the talk here. Earlier this week, or actually latter part of last week, there was this uh, announcement from Apple about a bug or they had with their FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were shocked to find out that it was a teenager who discovered mm-hmm. this flaw in their system. Mm-hmm. I've always supported the belief that college isn't for everyone. And the tech industry is unique in that it provides a number of career opportunities and well-paying jobs similar like cybersecurity where a college degree isn't required. And this teenager clearly proves that. Um, But there are certifications that they can earn or individuals can earn that are oftentimes more valuable to employers. So as it relates to cybersecurity, could you talk about a few of those certifications that provide those skills and knowledge um, that an individual would need if they were interested in trying to get into the tech field, particularly cybersecurity, without a college degree? Yeah, sure. So a good one to start with would be the CompTIA, C-O-M-P-T-I-A Security Plus. It's an entry-level professional certification. So that means it's a a test that you take. It's usually multiple choice, true, false. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's focuses on the knowledge you have about essentially the field of information security. So it's a, it's a great starting point for people who are uh, entry level. Okay. Right. It gives them a recognized credential, gives them the CompTIA security plus certification, which is recognized by, by industry. So that's a good one. Um, relatively technical. And then there's a whole host of other certifications that um, can be kind of stacked on top of that. Um, so as as your listeners develop more and more knowledge and skills, they'll want to yes. look into the SANS Institute, S-A-N-S Institute, and they have a, a host of very technical, very rigorous certifications, everything from, you mentioned hacking, mm-hmm. so ethical hacking and penetration testing, to forensics analysis, yes. to secure software. Um, and then the last one I would mention would be um, um, as folks continue to kind of work through and develop more knowledge and skills, the ISC squared, you mentioned their yes, report right. about the demand, right? Okay. They've got a, they've got a certification called the CISSP, um, which is essentially covers 10 domains, kind of like similar to the subspecialties that I mentioned that comprise, okay. you know, the field of information mm-hmm. security. And that, that can be a good one too. Wow, that's that's a, a lot of options to choose from. And I appreciate you sharing those resources. Hopefully folks will Google, visit those websites, take a look and see what opportunities are out there. And from my experience, having a background in, in tech and cybersecurity, they're really cost they're not, they don't cost that much. I mean they're not, you know, ten or fifteen dollars, but it's it's more much reasonable than paying for a college degree to get a certification in something that's gonna make you valuable an employer. True. So if someone were interested in going to college, let's say mom and dad are like, Nope, we're not doing the certification route, you're going to college, or for someone who's already in college and may want to change majors, what particular degree program would they be looking into if they wanted to go into cybersecurity? It's a great question. It depends. So typically, um, because cybersecurity now is being embedded across the curricula, it wouldn't be uncommon to see cybersecurity embedded in some sort of a business course. So Hmm. business policy 
legal, but the technical, if you want to go the technical okay. track, yes. you, it's typically going to be information technology, which is essentially, you know, how do I set up systems, um, secure systems, manage systems. So it's more applied. Um, information systems would be another degree or program. And that's the combination of IT with business. And the third would be computer science, which is really computer science is an offshoot of mathematics um, with a computing kind of spin. So if you if you love mathematics and and or you love to program or you think you might like to program, then computer science, it's usually those three that, you know, will lead you in a more technical track. Yeah, and I've, I've learned recently, as you mentioned, when I was in college, there was no such thing as a cybersecurity degree. I majored in information technology, but ended up getting into the field, as you mentioned, um, but it what, what you do, what you decide or what someone decides to major in really has a lot to do with also the type of job they may be interested in. Um, as you mentioned, if they want to go into the legal or business side of what is cybersecurity doing, you can actually get that concentration or specialization in a legal, a business sort of focused program in IT or business management, right. which makes a lot of sense. So with that being said, what are some of the schools that, you know, pop up on your radar as a part of your consortium that are really sort of leading the way in cybersecurity? security education a lot of students are going to or employers are going to to recruit talent well so we're a we're a cybersecurity education and workforce development consortium with about 400 academic institutions that are members so we have we have fantastic programs all throughout the country oh, wow. okay. and, and and our our whole focus originally was really on the role of community colleges um, which are, are are really you know community colleges are really all about sort of you know cost effective um, education and training and uh, that tends to be workforce focused. So, mm -hmm. you know, come in, get some skills, exactly. maybe get a certification, okay. right? Some sort of a credential that's industry recognizing, get back out into the marketplace. Um, so, I mean, we're headquartered at Prince George's Community College. We're here in Arlington, Virginia. Northern Virginia Community College has a tremendous program. Mm -hmm. um, but there are fantastic programs in Illinois. And I would encourage folks to go to nationalcyberwatch.org slash members. And there's a list of our 400 members. And you, wow. can, you, can, okay. you can look at the schools by state who have some sort of a cybersecurity program. Okay. Um, there are a number of four-year schools that also have excellent programs. Um, so any of your state schools generally are going to have great programs. Rochester Institute of Technology stands out as a more applied four-year program. So... Great. Oh, that's a great. I'm glad you gave the website out so they can take a look because that's a large list of folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as you as you mentioned, I as I follow. I'm on your newsletter for your 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 center, and you're constantly adding new institutions that are becoming members and joining, mm -hmm. and are leveraging the expertise of those other groups to start their own programs, whether it be at the two year or the four year uh, college level, mm -hmm. which is awesome for people all across the nation and not just locally here in D.C. I want to give a shout out to Fairfax City Gov uh, right now because they have been loyal fans of ours for over a year. It's a small city and it's in the middle of a large urban area of George Mason and Fairfax County. And uh, there's just a small city that has a lot of personality and it's a great place to grow a business and, and grow a family in the houses. So look them up. They're, you're going to like that. So it's fairfaxcity.gov. So both of us, as, as practitioners, we're keenly aware that it's a combination of both what you know and who you know that are key factors in for individuals to thrive in the globally competitive workforce. 
For someone who knows that they may be interested in launching a career in cybersecurity, what are some resources um, that they you would recommend that they visit to increase their knowledge about the industry, as well as connect with other influential people and groups that could land them a job, get them connected to someone who could hire them in cybersecurity? That's a great question. So on social media, I looked at who I who I follow on Twitter, and it's a range of organizations like Cisco. Um, individuals like mm-hmm. Mark Rusinovich, he's the chief technical officer for Microsoft. He comes out of Carnegie Mellon, uh, which is a top tier research um, four year and graduate program in Pittsburgh. And he's he, he essentially runs the the cloud um, computing um solution for Microsoft, Azure. Okay. Uh, there's people like Rob Lee, who's a real specialist in industrial control system security. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need to I need to secure the the electrical grid. Wow, or, that's right? big. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then there's people like Bruce Schneier. There's organizations like DEF CON, which is a hacker conference. B-Sides um, is a, they're smaller security conferences, usually in urban areas. So B-Sides, um, Baltimore, B-Sides, Orlando. And this is, you can meet like-minded okay. individuals. There's presentations. They have hands-on workshops. I would encourage folks to look into projects like the National Cyber League, um, which provides hands-on training um, with a way to assess how you're developing skills. There are things called capture the flags. There's thousands of these. These are, these are, um, focused around all kinds of technology. So forensics analysis. Um, so here's a piece of malware to figure out what the malicious software did um, here. You know, what is this? Here's a capture of some traffic traversing a network. Can you figure out, you know, when the bad actor got in and what they got? So those okay. are great associations. Given the age of your audience, I would encourage folks to look into the Cyber Patriot program, mm-hmm. which was it's a it's a Northrop Grumman um, Air Force Association partnership, and it's geared towards middle school and high school students to give them practical hands-on exposure to some of the elements that make up this field called cybersecurity. So, uh, and the last would be the National Cybersecurity Student Association. So these are all, you know social media, events, people, associations that I think, you know, could give people a starting point. That's a great mix. And I follow quite a few or I'm aware of quite a few of those groups. And they it's not a lot to get involved. It doesn't cost a lot of money. A lot of these groups are very small. As you mentioned, getting into the cyber patriot is something you can get involved with while you're in school. Yeah. If you're a college student and you're interested in cyber and want to know what it's all about, you mentioned the National uh, the, the Cyber Student Association. Mm-hmm. These are important to growing a career for young professionals or individuals who are interested in possibly switching careers. Yeah. That the more that you network with folks to learn what that industry is about, how to get in and stay. Yeah. <laughs> getting in is one thing, right. but in most industries, it's very important to learn what it's going to take for you to stay in the industry is important. So I encourage folks to take advantage of those resources, connect with those folks and get out there and figure out what it takes to get into cyber and be successful in the field. So as we begin wrapping up today's podcast, I like to ask my listeners this, what do you know about cybersecurity that most people aren't aware of, or may have a misperception about that you'd like to shed some light on and clarify for the audience? Two things. I mean, you you hit on one of them already, and that's the notion that Everybody has to have a, a, a college degree. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the reality is in this country, we've spent 50 years essentially telling people the 
the baccalaureate degree is a required credential to get ahead. And I think generally speaking, the bachelor offers more opportunities than, than not having a bachelor's. But in this field, mm. when it's really about what you can do, Right. The, yes. The bachelor's is not necessarily a, a required credential. Um, and then there was a, another thing um, and I, that escapes me right now. I'll come back to me in, in a second here. That's fine. No problem. So I think you've already shared, but if you don't mind telling us again, what is the best way to contact with you and or your organization if folks would like to know more about your consortium or other resources that you all are publishing to the public? So before I answer, I thought of the second sure. the second thing, which is cool. that not you don't have to be technical to be in information security, Love right? That. There, there yes. is there are <laughs> there are so many opportunities mm-hmm. um, there if you're interested in in law or history or policy. Let's say you want to you know want to work for uh, the federal, state, or local government, help shape policies mm-hmm. that protect the privacy of individuals in the county you live, for example, or in the state you live, or, you know, in the, or federally. So there's policy, um, there's sales, there's business, there's marketing, you know, there's a whole host of other related components to cybersecurity besides just the technical. I mean, certainly the having a technical understanding will, will make you a better policy, a better legal expert. But, you know, I think, I think, right, there's a range of options for people. So that, that was the second thing I forgot to say. So in terms of getting a hold of us, the best way is really to go to our website, nationalcyberwatch.org. Um, you can sign up for a mailing list, um, you know, and, and as an organization that has a national footprint with a lot of uh, member institutions, you know that mailing list comes out a couple times a month. We don't spam people. We don't <laughs> we don't share the mailing list with anybody. And awesome. it, it, it has, it's know. it's really kind of resource focused, you know. And so even if you're just starting out, even if you're in sixth grade and you're wondering what the heck is this all about, there are lots and lots of resources available. Documents you can read, sites um, that we're promoting, events we're promoting. Um, and then there's a way to contact us and uh, we'll certainly, you know, we'll certainly follow up. Awesome. Well, you've heard it from the expert. Casey, thank you for joining me today and giving my listeners insight into the intriguing world of cybersecurity. Best wishes for continued success as you go about the important work of building a world class cybersecurity workforce at the National Cyber Watch Center. I am your host, Charles Britt. And as I always say at the end of my show, remember that with access to sufficient resources and knowledge, you, too, can have a future in tech. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time. I work hard.